There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie. All opinions, memories, and perspectives, imperfect though they may be, are mine and only mine. So don't get your panties in a knot if you disagree. I got a Facebook friend request that kind of surprised me last week. I don't check Facebook all that often. I've never even had the app. I sometimes look at it in, in the browser. And I have most notifications turned off. I have, think I have birthday notifications on. That's about it. But I occasionally pop in there for one reason or another, less often now that uh, my podcast doesn't get automatically downloaded there. And there are times, I will admit, that I get thinking about people I knew back in the olden days, and sometimes I Google them to see what they're up to. Some people my age seem to not be Googleable. I've sometimes come up with nothing. I'm not really a nosy person by nature. I'm not the kind of person who will remember and repeat if someone spills the tea with me. I genuinely just listen and then put it out of my head. But sometimes people from my past pop into my head and then I'm thinking, hmm, sometimes I look them up just out of idle curiosity, nothing more than that. And sometimes my curiosity results in listings on Facebook for people who I knew at one time. I admit that I occasionally take a gander at what they've been up to. Sometimes I look at their photos. As far as I'm aware, they can't tell if I'm looking. Maybe that sounds diabolical, but I don't think anyone posts anything publicly that they care if anyone sees. So, I mean, it's innocent enough. And I'm perfectly aware that most of us are really busy with our lives. I know I am. So that's one of the reasons I don't want to be flooded with notifications. And I'm also very fastidious about making sure I don't have any unread mail, so that's a problem. And the fact is, most people really aren't that interested in reconnecting with friends or exes from their past. We're all too busy. People move on. And maybe in the case of exes, there might have been some animosity or even fear. So although I am sometimes marginally curious, I'm not necessarily interested in reconnecting. 
Plus, there are times when I have tried to reconnect with a past friend who I once had a particular fondness for or a connection with. And they're usually nice, but they don't bother making any effort to resurrect the friendship. And so if it's just a one-way street, I back off. I'm not going to harangue someone to keep in touch or spend time with me. But I'm still happy that I saw them or connected with them, even in that moment. Anyway, oh my God, I just made a very short story very long. But last week, my point is, last week, I was quite surprised to see a Facebook friend request from an ex. And I immediately felt, surprisingly, this little pang of ick in the pit of my stomach. And that was, it surprised me because I haven't seen this guy in over 40 years. So how could just seeing a friend request have that effect on me? My God, I'm such a wuss. But I have to admit that I had looked him up at some point, just out of idle curiosity. And who knows, sometimes people just sort of blanket friend requests when they come up as a suggestion. Like maybe the fact that I looked at some of his profile caused me to pop up as a suggestion for him. I don't know. But yeah, I felt really weird about it. And I've referred to my two main relationships, the long-term ones prior to the girl's father in at least one of my previous episodes. I know I've shared a couple of anecdotes. I'm not even sure which ones. But seeing this friend request, which I did not confirm, by the way, it got me ruminating on this old relationship, which I am about to spill the sordid tea on. My relationships are really good examples of why I have a three-year rule, which, if you haven't heard it is, it is very risky to marry by real estate or have a baby with someone you've been with for less than three years. Why? I think it takes women in general, not always, it takes us about three years to come to our senses about reality. Do we leave within three years? Not necessarily, but I think our minds start realizing that we maybe should leave. I think it takes us that long to get over that initial euphoria of new love, even just to realize that we can't fix him. We shouldn't try to fix him, and he's not going to change at least not for us. And the same, I'm sure, holds true. Well, I don't think it takes men three years, but I really can't say because I talk to a lot more women than men. And I'm not saying three years is a guarantee. There are no guarantees when it comes to love and relationships. People change, people evolve, shit happens. But it just seems to take women about three years to get our heads straight about a new lover. Now, before I get into the dirty details, I will say that this man, I'm going to call him Pinky, because for some reason, when I think of those two ex-boyfriends, I think of them as Pinky and the Brain, even though Brain was a far cry from anything resembling genius. But Pinky improved after he and I broke up. So maybe I was bad for him. Maybe we were bad for each other. Because I also improved. And a part of me would kind of like to take some credit for the breakup partly motivating his improvement. Or maybe I should be offended because he improved after he didn't have me in his life. But anyway, none of that matters. But in his case, he went back to school. He changed careers. He moved to another town. He got married. He had children. 
he apparently became a fine, upstanding family man, just like his father was back in the day when he and I were in a relationship, which was weird to me at the time. His father felt foreign to me. He hung around the house. He talked to the children. He didn't just berate them. He talked to his wife. He helped his wife in the kitchen. He went for walks and bike rides with his wife. They did things together. They seemed to enjoy each other's company. He decorated the Christmas tree. He wore pajamas. It it all seemed quite strange to me at the time because that wasn't the kind of man I grew up with. But whatever you grow up with, is normal to you. And then you get older and you realize that maybe you should question some of what you thought was normal. Ah, back in the olden days, I met Pinky at a party, not too very long after I broke up with Brain. I was only 19 years old, and I remember how I felt that night. Sometimes our memories are foggy and we forget things, but there are certain moments that we do remember because we remember how we felt. And that's the thing, that's the thing that, that lasts, that has an impact on us. And that night, I just felt free, exhilarated to be free, so happy to be single, to go out alone, to have no one hassling me or telling me what to do, just knowing that I was going to go home alone. And naturally as I frequently did back in the olden days, because it was normal to me. It was expected even. I had too much to drink at this party and ended up, well, this part wasn't normal, but I ended up hooking up with this guy I had never met. That's the first time I had ever done that. So if you're horrified, just remember, kids, your mom and your nan were hot young babes not so very long ago, and we were not so very different from you. Of course, in 1979, there was no such thing as a cell phone. There were no such things as dating apps, Tinder, nothing like that. There was no Uber. You had to walk or phone a taxi or get a bus to get home. Or hitchhike, which I do not recommend, by the way. But I will say in my stupid youth, I did occasionally hitchhike during daylight hours. And I only accepted rides from women. But now we know about Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamolka, and accepting a ride from a woman is not necessarily safe. I was an idiot. I made a lot of mistakes. And hooking up with Pinky was one of them. And I share my mistakes because I really hope other people will feel not so bad for their mistakes Or if you're young and you haven't made a bunch of these mistakes yet, hopefully it'll prevent you from making some mistakes. That's why I share all this stuff. And of course, we didn't really worry too much about STIs back in 1979 because there was also no such thing as a communicable, sexually transmitted disease that couldn't be cured. Or so we believed. We had birth control pills, which gave us a little bit of freedom and control. But we had never heard of herpes or genital warts or HIV. Didn't even know any of that stuff existed. And I remember one friend of Pinky's proclaiming that, well, everybody who's anybody has had the clap, which is slang for one of the communicable STIs that is easily cured with antibiotics, as long as you catch it early. So yeah, old Jules hooked up with a hot guy. I felt ashamed. I appropriately slut-shamed myself, which I do not agree with doing. We should not be doing that to people or ourselves. 
But when Pinky called me to get together again, I had to agree. Otherwise, this would be a one-nighter, which would be the worst thing I could do in my stupid young mind. There's nothing wrong with a one-nighter. The only thing worse than one night with the wrong guy is having more than one night with the wrong guy. Anyway, he was pretty hot. He was fun, so why not? Plus, I felt like it made me less slutty, which is bullshit. I happened to live in an apartment building that had access to a pool at that time. And he suggested we go swimming, which sounded good to me. I like to swim. And he told me later that he liked to go swimming so he could properly check out the girl's body to make sure she was physically acceptable to his high standards. Ew, that should have been a red flag right there. But I had body image issues, of course, back in the day. I still do, I will admit it, but it was worse then. So I thought nothing of his comment. It's like, well, yeah, I was probably flattered that he found me physically acceptable. Yes, I've already admitted I was an idiot. So soon after, he called me again, this time with a warning that he had something he had to tell me. So he told me in person. I mean, he couldn't have texted me. We didn't have any cell phones or texting. He had an STI. He had been to the health unit, and they told him that he had to let everyone he had been with know. And I'm sure if texting had been invented, he would have texted me or nothing. But no, we had to do everything face-to-face back then. And I have no idea how the health unit would have even known if he hadn't shared with everyone. But I was horrified. That's horrified and mortified, all mixed up into one word. We had no Google back then either. So I hightailed it to my doctor and chalked this incident up to a sign from the universe that I was not cut out to be a slut. I was meant to be in a monogamous relationship, which I typically wanted anyway, but I already felt guilty enough. Wow, this was icing on the cake. And I had one good friend who had done plenty of dashing around, and she marveled that she had never, ever, ever contracted anything. Meanwhile, Jules has one illicit, naughty encounter— And bam! Ugh. So this was part of the reason I stuck around with him, too. There are always these these reasons that we tell ourselves for when things start getting rough, for putting up with things. And I mean, I liked him. He was attractive. But if I'm honest, my shame was definitely an enormous factor in sticking with him. And when he told me the news, even though I had just met him, I felt insanely jealous about where he had picked up the clap. Now that also is a sign of insecurity on my part. How dare I? The thing is, I was worried by then. It's like, uh uh-oh, was he still shagging around with all kinds of women? I didn't know. And if he wanted to be with me, it was going to have to be exclusive because, because I'm not the kind of person who can separate the physical from the emotional. Some people can do it, but I absolutely cannot. And I wouldn't feel comfortable being in an open relationship. I'm a monogamist. So he agreed at the time that he would be monogamous, and I had no choice but to trust it, even though there were things that made me feel insecure. I mean, I was insecure to begin with. He said things and did things that really didn't help my fundamental insecurity. But anyway, we were a couple. We were a couple, I guess. Hold up. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And eventually, after a few months, I moved in with him. Yeah, too soon though, too soon. Because I loved living on my own, I really did. But he convinced me, I was easily swayed back then, that it didn't make sense for us to have separate apartments, it would be cheaper. So we shacked up, as we called it back then. His lovely mother was not happy. It's cheap, she insisted. Cheap and tacky. She was livid, actually. My mother, on the other hand, was just glad I hadn't gotten married. And rent was a lot more affordable back then. We didn't make a lot of money, but you could earn enough to pay rent without having four roommates. So it was more affordable than it is today, if you compare percentage of income. I understand that these days it's especially hard when you're in love or you think you're in love and you're spending most nights together anyway. It must be especially hard to justify paying rent in two places. It was hard for us then, but it must be worse now because rent's a fortune. But I will say this, when you are done with someone. It is so much easier to extricate yourself if you don't have to find a new home. So much easier. So the longer you can hold off on even moving in together, the better. And things with him weren't too bad to start, but I was also a master of ignoring red flags. I think I sort of assumed, after having extricated myself from brain, that I'd be smarter this time, but I really wasn't. I paid my share of the rent, of course, even though I earned considerably less than he did. He might have been four or five years older than I was, so I might have been 20 when I moved in with him, and he would have been 24 or 5. I don't recall whether I paid for half the groceries, but I barely ate back in those days. I had an eating disorder, dumb, dumb, dumb. So maybe I would have remembered if I had. I, I don't remember that much detail about that. I do remember that if we went out for dinner, I did not pay half. I paid for what I had. Yeah, we calculated, here's what you owe, here's what I'll pay. We went on a couple of vacations, two come to mind. And of course, I paid for half of those. And they weren't all-inclusive. I don't even know if all-inclusive resorts existed at the time. So at least I only had to pay for my own food and booze. So it was basically my flight, half the hotel. We went to Barbados one year with some of his friends, and I'm sure I was only invited so he didn't have to pay for a whole room or share with another guy. And because I couldn't afford to eat and drink every day, a lot of my meals were mostly just pina coladas. 
And being a child of the madman era, a lowly woman, I of course took responsibility for all the domestic work, which wasn't much with two adults in an apartment. But still, his mother used to say to me, I would not be cooking and cleaning and doing laundry for a man who is not my husband. I don't think she wanted us to get married, though. Mainly, I suspect, because I definitely drank too much for her liking. I wasn't a daily drinker or an alcoholic, mind you, but I thought it was normal to binge drink. They say now if you drink three or more drinks in one sitting or one session, I guess, you're a binge drinker, and my limit back then was five. I weighed all of 90 pounds, and I would have five shots of whiskey— there were times when I drank a little too much, even at family events. This family was not a boozy family, so I'm sure in retrospect, the amount I drank seemed trashy. But it was normal to me. Being able to drink a lot of men under the table was an aspirational goal that I grew up with. I drank whiskey on the rocks and handled it quite well in that I didn't slosh and stagger around. I didn't seem to get hungover when I was young. I just got way too uninhibited and at times belligerent. Those were not my proudest moments. So if you think you're way more fun when you're drinking, you're probably wrong. Maybe other drunk people think so, but you're probably wrong. You just feel as though you're more fun. Don't buy into it. Booze is for losers. Pinky also drank, and at some point, unbeknownst to me, he started doing illegal drugs. I don't know what drugs. I really don't. But the one time we went to Florida, he was delighted to check out of our hotel room to save money and shack up with a cab driver he met because he could get him coke and quaaludes. I was not happy, but I ended up, of course, being the stupid little idiot I was, I ended up going along with it just to keep the peace. They convinced me to try Coke one night, and I had more confidence and energy that night than I've ever had before or since. But I knew enough to understand that that was the danger. Booze was my poison. It was bad enough, but it was legal. And I was terrified of illicit drugs. I was terrified of what might be in them, where they came from. So that was a red flag. I would have been okay with a boozer at the time, not now, my God, no, 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 no. But I was not okay with a drug user. So, of course, he hid it, and I never found out the extent of it. What amazes me about people who use or abuse street drugs, though, is sometimes the hypocrisy. He did that to his body, but he would harangue me to work out. You gotta work out, Jules! So I joined the gym. I had time. I only had myself really to look after, and I had a full-time job. That was not a lot of pressure. And weight training wasn't too bad. I did a circuit thing. You gotta run, Jules! Ugh, I tried running, but I always hated it so much. I just really don't like running. You look okay now, he used to say to me, but you're gonna have such a fat ass by the time you're 25, no man will even look at you. And I believed him. I believed he was right, and at the time, I cared about what men thought. I had been raised to buy into the my value being through the male gaze, and I didn't know it was a load of shit. I really didn't value myself at all at that age. My purpose in life was to be pretty and to be thin, and if my boyfriend thought that I didn't look good enough, well, 
it was my job to fix that, or I didn't deserve him. And he did some disrespectful things, too. When we were in Florida, we were at this bar that had a wet t-shirt contest. Jules, you should enter that. We could win. We could win? I was not comfortable with the idea at all. And it wasn't as though the girls just strutted across the stage being soaked with water. The ones who made it to the final rounds ripped their tops right off and shimmied topless for the crowd. The crowd went wild. Yeah, but I said, no way. But he kept pressuring me and pressuring me. But at least at that time, I stood my ground. But it was hard for me to do. I wasn't very good at standing up for myself. I couldn't understand how a man could pressure his girlfriend into doing that. I was offended. So he did disrespectful things like that, not all the time, but sometimes just out of the blue. Once we were at a family reunion, it was his family reunion. These were all really nice people. The children were there, everyone. And I felt so happy at the time to be included. It it just seemed so wholesome. And one of his cousins, I think, was hosting it. I don't remember their family connections at all. She and her family lived in the country somewhere with space for people to camp. We had brought a tent ourselves, and there was lots of room for games and for the children to run around. And I I loved children back then, too. I used to play with the children if I, if I was at an event like that. And at one point, a bunch of us were playing something. I don't know if it was tag or what it was, but we were playing with a bunch of the children. I don't exactly recall what the game was. I just know we were running and chasing in this open area. And suddenly, out of the blue, he yanked down my tube top. I quickly yanked it back up, but I was livid. I remember storming off to the tent, hot tears burning in my eyes, feeling humiliated. Why would you do that? Why? He just laughed and said I was overreacting. But this was a family gathering, even if it wasn't a family gathering. How would he like it if I just yanked his pants down in the middle of a crowd? He probably wouldn't care. I don't know. But I would get so frustrated with him when, when he would do these disrespectful things. And, and I got angrier when he laughed at me and refused to apologize. It was humiliating and excruciatingly frustrating. One summer night, we were out somewhere. Again, I don't remember where, but I know there was a band playing and there were people all around. And it was a happy night. We were having fun. And then, out of the blue, he turns around, grabs my breasts, one in each hand, and started shaking them to the beat of the music. It was such a shock to be enjoying myself And then something like that happens? There were times I got so angry at something he did like that, partly because he would laugh and tell me that I was cute when I was angry. And a couple of times I got so livid that I tried to swat at him. But of course, he would just grab me by my wrists and laugh even more. And in those moments, I really felt as though I hated him. I should have gotten out the first time, but I didn't. And I know women go through worse He wasn't hitting me, but he really was humiliating me pretty regularly. Then at one point, he got into a minor motorcycle accident. There was nothing broken. He was just a bit scraped up. But after that, he really changed. 
He said he got hepatitis. I have no idea what type. I don't remember. But he said he got it from the motorcycle accident. It didn't seem plausible to me at the time, but we didn't have Google. How would I even know? He started complaining and complaining about being tired. It was relentless, complaining about how hard it was. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> I, I occasionally went out with my friends, but the two of us just seemed to do things together less and less. And it might sound as though I was heartless and didn't care that he had a medical condition. But partly I didn't believe it. Partly I didn't trust that it wasn't his own fault. And after a few months, if I'm honest, I lost patience because his complaining about it was just relentless. I wasn't being very understanding about his hep. The hep, the hep, the hep. But he wouldn't do anything to help himself. He would say he couldn't do anything because he had hep, yet he still had energy to go out with his friends. All kinds of energy for that. Then one of his friends told me he'd been using IV drugs. That's how he got the hep. I have no idea to this day whether it's true, but it just made more sense to me than the motorcycle accident. So I kind of, I was inclined to believe it and I wasn't really surprised. And not long after hearing that little tidbit, I cheated on him. I'm not proud of that, but there's another good reason for you not to drink too much. Your inhibitions are gone. Your guard is down. You make irrational decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make if you hadn't been drinking. Even though I cheated, I still say I am a monogamist because that's what I want. Not once in over 20 years with Abe have I ever had feelings or even a remote interest in another man, and not just because men ignore me now, not just because of menopause, not just because I hardly drink anymore. The difference is Abe listens to how I feel. He's interested in what I think. If we have a disagreement, he gives my perspective consideration. He respects my opinion. He appreciates everything I do for him and tells me so. He treats me with respect. If he does do something to hurt my feelings, he pays attention and tries not to do it again. He doesn't insult me. He's generous with everything he has. He doesn't disrespect me at all. Is that so difficult? It seems to be for some people. So yeah, I'm not proud of the fact that I cheated on that guy. But when that happened, I knew that if I'm capable of doing that, I'm definitely done. I had to get out. That was kind of the catalyst that gave me the courage to leave. Because then, at that point, I was doing him a favor by getting out. I didn't start seeing that guy either. I liked him, but I think we both felt guilty. I just got out of that relationship and moved on and hoped the next time I would not be so stupid. Of course, it didn't take me long to rush into my next relationship, which was, again, very stupid. I hadn't yet figured out the three-year rule. That took years and many, many heart-to-hearts with many, many female friends. But at least the next one turned out to be worth it, because he gave me three of the most fabulous daughters a mother could wish for. Well done, sir. And I did eventually learn that I'm worth having someone who treats me with respect. And so are you. I hope it doesn't take you years to figure that out. Thank you for listening, and thank you if you've rated, reviewed, or shared Jules Says. 
If you have anything you'd like to share with me, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I'll be back next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.